Simmons. And I know this is the afternoon after we've eaten and are full. And uh, so we're not going to take too long, I don't think. You know, the thing about preaching a message for the first time, you don't know exactly how long it's going to take. No, I'm going I'm to be, it's just some simple ideas from Philippians chapter 2. And uh, hopefully we'll be through before you uh, nod off, all right? And uh, that'll, be, that'll be good, won't it? And uh, Philippians chapter 2. Uh, let's begin. We're going to keep your Bibles open. We're going to look at several verses here. But uh, let's begin in verse uh, 12 right now. In verse 12 of Philippians chapter 2. It says, Wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Do all things without murmuring and disputings, that you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding forth the word of life, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this passage of Scripture, and we're grateful for the reminder that Paul uh, gave to the uh, folks in Philippi, and uh, we just pray that you'd help it to be a blessing to our hearts uh, today as we look at it, and uh, we do pray for our nation and uh, ask that you would send revival and that you would begin the work in us. Uh, help us, as this passage says, to be uh, shining lights in the midst of a uh, perverse and crooked uh, world. And we just pray that you would help us now, and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to look at, at three different things this, this uh, afternoon as we think about the hope of a nation. And uh, first of all, we're going to look at the condition, uh, the condition of the nation. We're going to look at the uh, cause of our condition. Then we're going to look at the cure for the condition. All right, so very, very simple. And I uh, hope that it'll be uh, a blessing to you. Uh, first of all, there's several things here by, by way of implication and also just direct statements. Here in this passage, um, Paul was reminding us that even back in those days that things weren't perfect. As uh, Pastor was reminding us today, there have been times in the history of this world where the world and society and the prevailing uh, ruling parties, etc., have been very, very, very wicked. And, uh, it, and that is always true, I think, because there's always someone working toward that end, and that person is whom? Satan, right? He is always trying to uh, pervert people's thinking. He's trying to blind folks. We won't take time to um, turn to uh, all of all of these these passages, but um, uh, in in Second Corinthians four four it says, "In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not." We're going to look at that a little bit closer in just just a moment, but. Uh, it is the, the condition of this world, and as, you know, as we think about this world, don't think of it as much collective as individually. 
because individuals, like uh, you've probably heard the saying, you know, a church is made up of, of individuals. Uh, and a family is made up of individuals. A church is no stronger than the individuals that are in it. A family is no stronger, no more spiritual than the individuals that are in it. And this is the same, this same truth is, is just as applicable to our nation and to our world. It's just as strong as the individuals that are in it. So our condition comes, condition of the nation, condition of the world, comes from the condition of the people that are in it. In Proverbs 4.19, it says, The way of the wicked is as darkness. They know not at what they stumble. You know, the, Paul here is reminding us as Christians that we need to be a light. In order for a light uh, to be effective, you need to have darkness, don't you? And so he's reminding us that as a Christian, we are gonna, we're different than the world is because they walk in darkness. They walk in misunderstanding. Their, their way is dark. And, that, and that's not a fun place to be, is it? Have you been, ever been in the dark where you wish, oh, I wish I just had a little light? I was walking the other night. I was going to throw some, throw some scraps to the chickens, all right? And so I, was, I started across the, the yard, and I got to thinking, I should have brought a flashlight or something because I was walking along the first... First, you've got to kind of go down the, the steps to the driveway level, and then you've got to go back up to that level. And then you walk across, and you've got to miss the telephone pole. You've got to, got to miss two trees. And then you don't want to step in Donna's flowers uh, that are right beside the fence that you've got to throw. You know, so about halfway there, I said, I should have, I should have brought some kind of a light because I was walking basically in darkness, you know. I kept looking up, and I could kind of see the outline of the trees just a little bit against the sky, and so I made it and uh, didn't didn't kill myself, you know. Uh, also, well, uh, another another evening, I was up. It was like two o'clock in the morning. Uh, we've been having a pitched battle against some four-legged intruders into our motorhome. Uh, have you ever had battles with with the little squeaky kind, you know? Except this one's a little squeaky kind. This was the big squeaky kind I found out later on. Uh, we were gone for about four weeks out of our motorhome, so just sat there. And so there was a, a Mrs. Rat that came along. So this looks like a great place. You know? uh, nobody's here. Nice soft beds, you know, everything. I got some food to eat, you know. I'm going to just move in. So they, they, they just, she just kind of moved in. But we have taken care of her since then. But we're just afraid that there, where there's one, there's a lot of times more. So I don't know. We haven't, we haven't given up the battle yet. But, uh, but we did take care of her a couple of nights ago. But before this happened, I was up, and there's, in, our, in our motor home, there is a door. It's actually the bathroom door. When it swings open... It kind of swings against the hall. You know, there's not a lot of room in, in places like that. So it kind of swings against the other, the other edge of the hallway. And it's just very, very dark in there. And so I was kind of feeling my, my way around. And I wanted to shut that door. And somehow I'd gotten disoriented. I kind of got to facing this way. And I thought I was facing this way. So I was feeling for this door, you know. And this, no, this is a mirror. A mirror's not supposed to be there, you know. Although there is a mirror on the door, you know. So I was feeling all right. Finally, I found it, you know. But it's not pleasant sometimes to be in the dark, is it? 
And that's, but that's the way this world is. The Satan has blinded the eyes of the world and they walk in darkness. They don't have that understanding. And uh, so many times when we look down in the world and we look uh, kind of, you know, we can, we can sometimes say, you know, how in the world they can say this, how in the world they can do that, how, you know, how in the world, their condition, they're, because they're in darkness and they don't have the understanding. In Isaiah 4.20 it says, Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Does that, does that describe the condition of our country right now? You know, uh, when, when the decision came out, we talked about this decision a while ago with the Supreme Court on Roe versus Wade. When that came out and still to this day, you know, you have two complete different ideas here. You know, so many, uh, like Brother Deals was saying, this is wonderful, this is great. After 50 years of murdering uh, babies uh, in the womb or even out of the womb, you know, that, uh, you know, they've, they've made this decision that has at least opened the door to be able to shut much of that down. It's, uh, it's already amazing how many lives that pro probably has already saved since that decision was made, you know, about a, about a, about a week ago. And, uh, but then you have folks that rejoice in it, but you have other folks that start trying to be, give reasons why it's bad. And as a Christian, you just sit there and say, how in the world can they think that? How, how in the world can they think that a, person, uh, a person's choice, for instance, is, is to preserve that is better than to preserve a life, you know? Uh, it's, it's just amazing at, because we live in a day and time where good is called bad, evil is called good. You know, that the whole thing is mixed up. And the reason is because, again, Satan has blinded them. They're in darkness. So our condition is partly because of the darkness that folk, folks work in. Uh, our walk in. Verse 15, it says, that you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God without rebuke in the midst of a crooked nation. So our, our condition is also not only described in the Bible as being in, in darkness, but also crooked. Uh, this is, uh, that word can also be translated warped. You know, and doesn't that, make some, doesn't that make some sense? Warped, our winding and uh, it, is, it is amazing how warped the thinking and the actions of people who do not know Christ really are. So our condition is warped. It's, by, it's in darkness. It's warped. And then it goes on to say in, uh, perverse there in, in verse 15. In the midst of a crooked and perverse nation. Perverse has the idea in a moral sense just of being corrupt. Just corrupt. You know, and uh, as you see the opinions expressed and the actions done of people who, who do not know Christ, you have to say, we in America are morally corrupt. There are people that uh, just un unbelievable actions, unbelievable thinking. <clears throat> and so that is our condition as laid out in the Word of God. Then uh, the cause of our condition, we've already mentioned this, part of it. Uh, is from Satan himself. Uh, from the very beginning, back in the Garden of Eden, it was his goal to corrupt things, wasn't it? And uh, he came to Eve and said, you know, hath God said? And he ended up uh, 
tempting her in a way that she fell and Adam fell and sin entered into the world. And so Satan has not given up since then. He continues to, uh, to blind the eyes of people. And, it's, and it says in 2 Corinthians, I read the first part a minute ago, but it says, In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. And so his, his whole idea is to keep people in darkness and keep them in confusion, keep them in sin, uh, and so that the light of the gospel of Christ won't shine into them. So our cause, the cause of our condition is a lot through Satan. Uh, in Ephesians 4, 13, 17, it says, This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk, in the vanity of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. So the cause of the condition is just very easily, and very simply put, it's the word S-I-N, isn't it? Sin is the cause of our condition, their blindness, their misunderstanding, their deception uh, from, from knowing truth. And then also we have to not, you know, it's not only Satan who tries to get us to fall, but it's our own sinful self, isn't it? And uh, we know that even as a Christian, how that, uh, you know, we're not exempt from sinning, are we? Uh, we're not, uh, we're, you know, we're not, we haven't got to that place of sinless perfection yet. And so our choices, ourself, the, the choices that we make, the decisions that we make also bring us into this, this condition that we're, that we're talking about today uh, our, that our nation is in. Uh, of course, obviously the unsaved, uh, choosing to refuse God or choosing not to accept God, uh, Christians choosing to go their own way, and all of that uh, works into the, con the cause of the condition. But then, just quickly, as, as we uh, move right on, I want to look at the cure for the condition, the cure for the condition. And that is kind of the gist of the, the, the thrust of this whole passage. It begins in the first part of, of this chapter of talking about the humility of Christ and how Christ humbled himself and he came, uh, he came to this earth. And uh, it talks, it says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, in verse 5, if you want to look at it, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. And that's the cure for the condition right there, isn't it? And that is Christ. His death, his substitution for us on that cross, so that we could know him as our Savior. In John 8, 12, then it says, Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. And that's what they need. They need a way out of this blindness, out of this darkness. In, in verse uh, John 12, 46, uh, Christ said, I am come a light into the world, that whosoever believeth on me 
should not abide in darkness. 1 Thessalonians 5, 5 says, Ye are all the children of light. He's talking about to Christians now. And the children of the day. We are not of the night, nor of the darkness. So as a Christian, we can be a light shining uh, to, to this world. So not only is Christ obviously the ultimate cure, but we as Christians can also be a cure in this old wicked world. And uh, that's kind of the main thing here in the verses that we've read. So we're going to look at several, several things, several individual things pointed out by uh, the passage while, before our time is up here, okay? First of all, we as Christians can be a light. We can be an example. We can be uh, what we need to be before this old darkened world uh, by our obedience. Look at verse 12. It says, Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Paul's talking about that he was you know, with them, but it says, Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. So he says that by our obedience, wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, he says, continue in that, working out your own salvation. Now, that's kind of a, uh, you know, that, that phrase, sometimes people say, now what? I, I thought salvation was not of works, but it was of, of grace. And you're right. It's right. That phrase, when it says, work out your salvation, it does not mean we're working to be saved. It means we're, we're working. Uh, another, uh, another idea of that is uh, when, you, when you're working fully, it says exactly the word, uh, let's see, working out. Uh, I, I looked that up in the, in the Greek dictionary. It is more like working fully. You're finishing. You're, you're, not, you're not working to be saved. You're working as a Christian, you're working it out. You're, work, you're finishing uh, this job, you know, that Christ has begun in you. You're not working to be saved because salvation is by grace. In fact, that is so misunderstood in this world. That's part of the, uh, you know, thing that Satan uses to blind the, the, the people of this, this world to true salvation is he gets them to think that somehow they've got to work for their salvation. They've got to do something. They've got to join a church. But, you know, if, if, if joining a church would get you to heaven, which one would you join? You know, there's a lot of them out there, isn't it? And uh, I'm glad it's not joining a church. The Bible says, not of works, not of works, lest any man should boast. And yet some people think it's joining the church. Some people think it's just being as good as you can. They got this idea, there's a great scale up in heaven. And when I get there, my good works, you know, when I was kind to the elderly ladies, helped them across the street, opened the door for them, you know, took cookies to my neighbors when I was uh, kind to uh, my, my spouse. When I was, all of those good things when we put on one side. And the, my, my, the times, yeah, that I messed up, you know, that's going to be put on the other side. And as long as my good works outweigh my bad works, then I'm going to be okay. Nothing could be farther from the truth. Not of works, lest any man should boast. The Bible says that our works of righteousness that we think might be good are nothing but filthy rags in God's sight. So it's not, we, we don't work to be saved. 
But after we're saved, we don't just quit and say, oh, I'm, I'm saved now. You know, I, there, there's nothing left for, to me, for me to do. No, as a Christian, we, we work out our, our salvation. And it goes, goes on to say, uh, not only our obedience to God as we do what we're supposed to do, as we do those good works in His, in his power and His might, but verse 13 uh, says it's our, our confidence and reliance uh, should be upon God, not ourselves. It says in verse, verse 13, For it is God which worketh in you, both to will and to do of His good pleasure. So anything that we do that could be considered good in our lives as a Christian is all of God. He is the one that enables us to do that. And so if, if we're going to help be a cure for this condition of the world, we're going to have to realize that our obedience is important, our reliance upon God to work through us is important, in verse 14, we see about our attitude needs to be right. It says, do all things without murmurings and disputings. Now, that's not always easy, is it? Uh, do all things without murmurings. Uh, another word for that could be grumbling. You know? Do we find ourselves sometimes grumbling at this or that or the other? Uh, sometimes people, uh, you know, griping, grumbling, whatever. Uh, we as Christians should not be known for that, should we? If we are going to be, in just a minute, what we're going to concentrate on being a light in this world of darkness, then we should not have that in our lives. This murmuring, this grumbling, this complaining. When, when folks see us, they ought not to think of, you know, boy, they're, they're just always complaining about stuff. Instead, they should see someone who is shining with the joy of Jesus Christ in our hearts and lives. And so here Paul reminds us without murmurings. And then it also says, uh, says without, without complainings. You know, do, do, our disputings rather, I'm sorry. Disputings, being argumentative. Uh, do, you know, people that we're around just feel like, you know, you can't ever say anything. With them. They, they disagree with it, you know. And they just argue all the time. Well, they, they do this, you know. They're, uh, Christians shouldn't be known for that, should we? Now, we stand up for right, we stand up for good, but we should not be uh, known as someone that is murmuring all the time, complaining all the time, disputing all the time, arguing all the time over things that often, you know, there's, it doesn't even matter, does it? Some of the things that we want to dispute over and some of the things that we want to uh, express our opinion about, you know, it's one thing to... to uh, to express our opinion and to express truth about God's word, but it's another thing just to be argumentative and be, uh, you know, ornery, right? Can I use that word? Just ornery. And uh, we, we as Christians shouldn't be that way if we're going to be a light to this world. And then verse 15 reminds us that we should be careful about our testimonies. It says that you may be blameless. That word uh, word blameless is, is pretty obvious. You know, people should not be able to look at us as a Christian and say, well, you know, if that's a Christian, look at what they do. Look at what they say. Look, look how they are. Look at their life. 
Now, does that mean that we're going to always be perfect in front of everybody? No, but we ought to strive to be have a Christian testimony, shouldn't we? Here it says with that we should be blameless. And, uh, you know, if, if you were to run for public office today, uh, people love to look back into your closet, right, and back see if there's any skeletons back there. We as a Christian ought to be blameless. You know, if we run for public office, they ought to look at us and say, wow, we can't find anything, you know, there. That, that, that person is, is blameless. It goes on to say that we should be harmless. Now, what does that mean by, by harmless? That kind of took me by surprise when I was, when I was uh, looking at this passage and preparing for, this, uh, for the message today. But uh, the idea that, um, again, the, the, the Greek dictionary gave was kind of unmixed or simple. I kind of boiled it down to no pretense, you know, as, and that kind of that feeling of, of, of someone that, you know, they, you say, you know, they're, they're harmless, uh, meaning they're not going to just hurt you. Well, this, this, this harmless is, in a, is kind of a matter of being a simple, straightforward, not pretentious person, you know. So we're we're not only uh, you know watching our attitudes about murmurings and disputings. Uh, we ought to just be a person that that is who we are. You know, we we're not living uh, a life of uh, pretense. We're not uh, pretending to be something at work and something else at home, or we're not pretending to be something at church. Are pretending to some, you know, being really something else outside of church. We are, we are to have no pretense. We're to be unmixed. We're to be simple. We're to be true. We're to be what, what, what we really are. And then uh, it goes on to say, uh, harmless, the sons of God. Obviously, that is that is without question. We, if we're going to shine, we've got to be a son of God. And then it says, um, in without rebuke and again that has the idea of more of being blameless you know it's not somebody can look at you and say well that's you know if that's a Christian you know I don't want any of that and that's been said before many times but we should be uh, without blame and then uh, then lastly on, on our cure for the condition as a Christian it says in verse 16 holding forth the word of life you know, if we have these other things in our lives, if we're obedient, if we have a reliance upon God, if we watch our attitudes, we watch our testimony and make sure that we're, we're blameless, we're not pretensive, then that is when we can effectively tell people, you know, this is the way that we need to go. This is the way of life. Christ is the way. Because Christ himself says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. We can then effectively hold forth the word of life, which the word of life, life is the only place you find life is in Jesus Christ. And so we can hold forth that word of life when we are without blame, when we are being obedient, when we are working out our salvation as a Christian, when we're doing what we should be doing, we're not being pretending. We're not pretending I'm something that I'm not. We're being genuinely a Christian who is a shining light in the world. And then uh, the the Bible says there in verse 15, among whom ye shine as lights in the world. 
but don't get too puffed up. I'm a light in this darkened world. Why? Because who, we've got to remember who the true light is. You know, we're, we as a Christian get the privilege and the honor of reflecting the true light. It's kind of like being the moon. The moon doesn't shine on its own, does it? In fact, I don't know how many of you, did any of you get to see the lunar eclipse a while back? It was back, uh, yeah, okay, several of you did. And I got to see that. And that was when, when the earth gets between the, the sun and the moon. And it was just dark, you know. Why? Because it doesn't shine. It's, uh, it's, it's just there to reflect the light of the sun. And that's why we're here, isn't it? We're just to reflect the light of the sun, S-O-N, Jesus Christ, to this darkened world. Are we doing that? Or do we let things sometimes maybe get in our way, our attitude, our actions? Let's take this as a challenge today to think, yes, you know, this, this nation is not all that it should be because there are people that are not all they should be. And maybe the reason they're not all they should be is because I'm not reflecting Christ. I'm not shining like I should be. And take that as a challenge to say, you know, I'm not going to just all the time be down on this world. I'm going to try to make sure that my light is shining as brightly as it can. Nothing between me and the... We could preach a whole message about this, couldn't we? Nothing between me and the sun. I'm going to let my full light shine to those that are in blindness, those who are blinded, those who are in darkness, those who have no understanding, so that they can see Christ. The hope of the nation is Christ. And we as Christians should reflect that every day, shouldn't we? Let's bow in prayer.